Welcome to Traveling Down, Biblical Archaeology for the 21st Century. I'm Gary Byers. This is our resident rock star, Dr. Stephen Collins. And uh, we're here to talk to you about Tal el-Hammam. So uh, you and I spent nine weeks in Jordan. Plus. <laughs> Plus, it was almost, a little over. Almost 10 weeks. Yep. We, uh, we had a, 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 had a great dig season, eight weeks of actual excavation, and then a little prep work and a little close-up work. It was an amazing time. You ever dug anywhere for eight straight weeks ever? No. I had neither. That's a long season. Most dig seasons for most sites are, you know, four to five, six weeks, but eight weeks is a long haul. There's a reason why you don't go eight weeks, but... We were There's catching up. There's a reason up. we did. Yes, absolutely. We were catching up for two seasons, and it had to be done, and it had to be done now. So, um, so such a, a big, a big excavation season. We just, we just saw so much stuff, and um, it, it was, was, it was almost. I wanted to say sometimes, please make it stop. Uh, too much. It was. This amazing. is way too much stuff. Yeah. Amazing. So many finds. Uh, so much pottery, it was incredible. So now we've been back, um, I guess, uh, a little over about 10 days or so. And I know you were digesting it other than those six movies you watched on the way back on the airplane. Uh, you've been digesting all this stuff. And uh, you've, you've just given me glimpses here and there because uh, we haven't spent much time together. But just glimpses of some of the new insights you got. And I bet they're rolling out every day, maybe even by the hour. Um, just give us a little bit about what your new thoughts are just coming out of this season. Wow, there were so many. Yeah. Um, of course, I'm a, I'm a pot guy, right? A pottery guy. Yeah. Here Let's we are. Let's clarify that. Yeah. By the uh, way, where, where, how many different dig sites do all these things come from? One. Just ours. Yeah, all this, this is, is from Tal Hamam. And this is just the intermediate bronze too. <laughs> so far. I mean we still have tubs of it yeah, to we go still through. Have that. That's all this is. This is a it's amazing. This is called a uh, an assemblage sorting process yeah. where we're taking out the sherds from one particular uh, period. Here the IB one, intermediate bronze one, intermediate bronze two, which goes back to the twenty twenty fifth and down to the 21st centuries BC. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is what this is what you love, and here we are doing it. But you said I'm a pottery guy, and this year the pottery was spectacular on a bunch of levels. It Talk was it. fabulous. Um, of course, your your kitchen, yeah. and uh, Gary was working it. Now we've been working in the palace, sort of kitchen service wing, mm -hmm. for a lot of years. And um, uh, it's big. I mean, it's a pretty spacious kitchen. I don't think anybody listening to this broadcast has a kitchen as big as this one. <laughs> Nobody. So far, it's about almost 300 square meters. <laughs> and uh, so that'd be as big as most people's houses. So yeah, the palace fine. kitchen is pretty big. It's pretty diverse. Has a lot of pottery storage jars and, um, you know, to store food, food stuffs yeah. and cooking vessels and the obligatory... Uh, plates and bowls and jugs and service pieces that would be transported into the palace on a tray, I suppose, and um, to, to serve uh, for dinner, breakfast, lunch, dinner, whatever they had. 
Um, you found a whole kitchen in your place. Most everybody else, and we, and and this kind of gets into the destruction event. Every 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 place we see in the open air part of the palace kitchen mm-hmm. service wing, where it was open air, uh, was pretty much that all those finds, all, all, all that pottery was just blown apart, just destroyed in the destruction event as it came through. Uh, but over in the wings, in fact, this year, in both side mm-hmm. wings, mm-hmm. to the north and the south, you were in the south part of it, um, we found a whole kitchen full of pottery. Now, yeah. it was, to the looks of it, it was still moving. Mm-hmm. We were documenting how the parts of the vessels were broken out of the original vessel or the vessel flew and landed in another vessel. And uh, so it was a lot of that going on and even landed up against walls and kind of all moving in a mm-hmm. northeasterly direction. And we, we put an extra burden on you over there to document all of this because in normal yeah. excavating, what do we do? We, we drain yeah. the soil, right? We drain the dirt like you drain water out of a bathtub. We want it to come down level and uh, so you bring it down a few centimeters at a time. Well, when you do that, you don't get the, the sense of the nature of a destruction layer if that meter plus deep destruction layer, layer is in fact what we call a single event matrix. Yeah. That is all coming, it's all debris left over from a single event. And if it's a meter or more deep, then, then just coming down a few centimeters at a time uh, and just taking out what's there as you go can be uh, can give you a false picture or not a clear picture of of what's in the matrix. So you guys were coming in sideways and and documenting mm-hmm. where yeah. vessels from the same sherd were strewn yeah. amidst the whole matrix, yeah. top of the matrix, middle to the bottom, and where and and to what distance uh, were they distributed. And so that was a, that was a little bit more complicated process than we're used to. Yeah. And, 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 and the whole point of it, and we were having uh, Carol do it over mm-hmm. in her area as well. Yeah. And because um, in those two areas, it was in a place where the destruction event was still violent. Uh, the destruction event was still uh, churning and still breaking things up and smashing things together. But... It wasn't moving. The movement of it wasn't as dramatic as in the open air areas. Mm-hmm. And so um, yeah. you still had vessels. Yeah. How many storage jars? Five, six, yeah. seven, uh, several cooking pots. So some of our favorite vessels, the casserole, the casserole cookers, the, the handmade casseroles with the pie crust decoration yeah. on them, um, were there and uh, several sizes of them, and uh, other vessels, jugs, juglets, uh, craters, bowls, um, all kinds of cooking vessels. It was amazing, and they were all just sort of jumbled over each other. Yes, it was. And um, all of that, we had um, mud brick stone foundation, mud brick superstructure walls standing to about uh, a meter almost, you know, 39, 40 inches, right in that area. And just inside those walls was the destruction matrix sitting right that high. 
everything seemed to have been just cut off from that point on. All the, everything, everything, nothing was higher than the walls. The walls were there, and then it piled up right to the top of the wall. So there was about 40 inches of a debris, and most of the pottery was found in the bottom 20 inches or so, two feet at the most. Yeah, it was amazing. Now there was some interesting stuff there um, that that really helped to date the destruction because we could date the floor yeah. by a couple of interesting jar burials that were yes. found underneath the floor. We'll so talk about that. So I was in the kitchen, um, and in my area of the kitchen, as Steve said, it was a, a smaller space. It looked... Um, the one wall wasn't so clear, but about three meters wide at the most. And, um, and then a, a back wall and a front wall. So it was an enclosed area. And inside there were two infant jar burials. Uh, they were just under the floor level. Both of them in a storage jar where the, uh, the rim and the neck had been cut off and apparently inserting the infant into that area. Uh, we haven't analyzed the bones, but a few people that saw them, um, technically by, by medical standards today, an infant is one to 12 months. And, I, and neither one of them even got close to 12 months, I don't believe. No. So um, it, was, it, was, it was quite an amazing find. And inside, and you called it, uh, you, in, in, in the one case, you said, you better look for and I said, I don't see any bones. And then, oops, there was a bone. And then he said, look for a, a juglet. And I said, I haven't seen any pottery. Whoops, there's a juglet. And it was, it was all right there. And both of them had the same. Small bones, disarticulated, and two small juglets uh, that, were, that were there. And both of them just under the floor level, eh, not even probably two inches beneath the top of the surface of the floor. And on top of that floor then was that pottery. It's interesting find. Uh, there's been a lot of cultural thinking and speculation uh, in, amongst anthropologists about the nature of these infant jar yeah. burials. Yeah. Uh, some say it, it was a way to keep the lost infant mm -hmm. uh, with the family or mm -hmm. around those uh, people who, who, who were near and dear, who would have been near and dear to them in life and to keep them in the family context uh, other theories range to child sacrifice. Yes. And, and so there's a lot of discussion about that. Um, that wasn't the first one, though. These were not the first two. No, no. We had one uh, back in 2015 in another location that also had the little piriform juglet mm -hmm. inside. Yeah. And so that was another one. The interesting thing about that one, as I look at these two, is that although these, the necks of these two were broken and the, and the rims removed, the other one had the rims and the neck. Interesting. So evidently it was a big enough opening for that jar that the, yeah. the, the cranium of the child yeah. could actually fit through yeah. it into the vessel. So, but still the same elements, the yeah. jar, the burial, and the juglet, yeah. all three together. Yeah. And as, uh, as you study these kinds of burials, a huge percentage of them have the little juglet. Yeah. So there's something sort of spiritually uh, or ritually significance about the placement of a small, delicate, uh, piriform juglet yeah. into, into that context with the uh, body of the infant. 
One of them was very poorly fired, even, I don't think it was even made very well. So one of them was not very well. The other one actually was quite nice. That one was, was amazingly yeah. nice. So um, do you want to hear my speculation about my uh, infant jar burials? Yes. Okay, so listen to this. Louisa just gave me, I got three minutes to tell you my story. So two, two infant jar burials in the same space where there are four ovens in the same area And by the, the way, let's tell everybody, we're in the Middle Bronze Age. Yes, yes. This is all yes. in the Middle Bronze Age. Yes. And this is that destruction matrix of the, of the city that we've been looking at and looking for and found. So I, my thought is, as far as I know, and I haven't done any wide research, but I haven't found any reference to infant jar burials in palaces, certainly not in the kitchen. So whose kids were these? And I would suggest it would have been the ladies who worked the ovens, bread ovens, and I would suggest it was probably them. And then, of course, maybe it wasn't two ladies, maybe it was just one lady. Don't know. But one or two ladies uh, had these, these, these infant jar burials placed just beneath the floor of where they worked. Not their home, but where they worked. Now that makes me speculate, maybe these were daughters. They were born little girls, and, and they would have followed, like in Downton Abbey, they would have followed their family, their mama, into working in the same place that she did in the downstairs of the big manor house. And so maybe these were the daughters of women who worked the, worked the ovens there. Their daughters were going to join them one day. And so in this one sense, maybe they joined them forever. Stay tuned, but that's my latest idea on the infant jar burials in the kitchen at Tal Alamal. Well, we're about done for the, for the day, for this episode. Do you want to say any final thoughts? Well, I never have a final thought. I can never think of a final thought. Um, I suppose one day I'll have a final thought. Yes, that's true. But um, uh, what we found this year was so important. It was sort of the icing on the cake. After yes, it was. You know, this was our 16th excavation yes. season. And so um, uh, these were sort of little exclamation marks, uh, sort of uh, icing, little cherries on top of, of, of many issues, of many yeah. avenues and many dimensions of the life of the people who lived in this city almost 4,000 years ago. So stay tuned. We've got more to tell. Thanks for joining us. Troweling down biblical archaeology for the 21st century.